Hello. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Untangling Circularity podcast with Ms. Laura Novich and myself, Cynthia Power. In this podcast, we are trying to address circular economy questions that Laura and I are sitting with, uh, questions about parts of the circular economy that we don't feel are being answered yet. And so we're diving into those questions and trying to help shape the answers. And today we wanted to start a two-part conversation podcast about repair and uh, sorting textiles. So we believe that pod, uh, podcast, that post-consumer repair is a huge untapped opportunity. And we wanted to understand how both the invisible and visible repair could be scaled. Uh, where do really high quality items go that are damaged? How do they get pulled out? Do they get pulled out of the textile waste stream? You know, what, what does that look like? So we spoke with Serge Lazarev uh, from Green Tree Textile Recycling. And despite all of our attempts, uh, Serge's audio was a little bit of a mess for the first eight minutes. So we are going to summarize it here before diving into the audio of what we could, we could um, salvage from that. So apologies for the mixed audio. We will get better. We will get better. <laughs> Because we're human and, it, you know, it's a learning curve. <laughs> yeah, we're learning. So um, we wanted to share a little bit of context about textile sorting. So it seems like today discarded apparel is sorted for quality and high quality items in good condition are sorted out for resale. But we're interested about the high quality items that have repairable damages like a broken zipper or a small hole or a small stain and what happens to those because right now we think that those are just you know when a sorter sees that damage they just put it aside to be recycled we don't think they're being pulled out of the waste stream so we think there's a lot of untapped potential for this type of product uh, so like we said, Serge is the founder of Green Tree Textile Recycling, which is an organization that takes in post-consumer textiles, sorts them, and finds other avenues of reuse and recycling for them. Uh, they collect post-consumer materials at farmers markets, um, from textile recycling bins, places where you know they can people can easily bring their their textiles that they're no longer done with, uh, no longer want for whatever reason. And so Serge picks, uh, you know, picks up these textiles from the farmer's market or, or, you know, any of their locations, and they sort it into categories for reuse and recycling. Uh, recycling is a big category for them for items that can no longer be used because they have any type of damage. They just go straight to recycling. Um, and then less damaged items are put aside for resale, or I should say like items with no damages are put aside for resale. Um, you know, Serge told us that there are some items that come in that are brand new with their tags still on. There are some items that are still in great condition, can be resold as is. And then there are some, some items that are really high value that need a little reconditioning. And, um, and he will put the effort into really high value items. He shared that um, about a half of 1% of what he receives are luxury items, you know, like Louis Vuitton, Fendi, you know, those are the names that he shared with us. So those are always worth taking out of the pile, no matter what you can always, you know, whatever, whatever resources and money you put into those, you will get back. We all understand that. Um, but Serge was saying that most of the clothing isn't worth repairing. Um, and that he also, as a textile sorter, doesn't have the capacity or really want to perform those services because of the time it takes to repair and the financial resources required. 
Um, so most of that kind of damaged product goes to Surge's recycling partners who accept a mix of materials for recycling. So we're very interested in stuff that's beyond repair. We're hyper-focused on that pile of clothing that Serge is talking about and you know, taking the time to do an additional sort before it gets to the recycling level. Because in my, our minds, we're thinking that these items still have potential. And so how do we understand that pile of clothing better? Uh, here we're going to switch now to the audio of uh, the conversation with Serge. We, he had just shown us an orange uh, Adidas tracksuit jacket that had some pilling on, on one side of it near a pocket, something that he said would go to the recycling because it was too complicated for um, a repair and too expensive and just out of his wheelhouse and not something that he, he, was, he was able to do at that point. So we're going to switch it over now. We're going to be talking about this in our next episode, but like this idea of repair, visible repair. And I yeah. think something like an Adidas, you know, tracksuit jacket is actually like a really interesting brand that people mm -hmm. like to wear. And if there is a way that you could put like a really cool patch or like something on yeah. that part of the jacket that's damaged, I think that's that's a whole other conversation that, that we're going to have on another episode. But I was yeah. actually going to ask you because you said that you think all the, the really high quality stuff you pull out is about, you know, a percent or half a percent. Now, what what quality are we talking? What types of brands are you talking about when you say that? Like, can you give yeah. us some names? Uh, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Fendi, th those brands. Okay, so you're talking about luxury. Yeah. And then I'm curious. So if I were to take a step down from that and we were to talk about the like, um, um, like very resellable brands. I don't know, like, like Carhartt, or like, like Carhartt and J. Crew yeah. and Brooks Brothers, Zingo, and like, yeah. like high, still high quality um, garments and textiles, not luxury. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you say? What kind of percentage is that? And do you pull those out, or do you let those go through to recycling? So, if if it can be fixed easily, it should be fixed, and and we have started actually a fixing process. So a lot of clothes that comes in. Uh, is dirty. It's not broken. It's just dirty. Here, here is more examples. All right? No, no, hold on, hold on. This is a, a tennis skirt, right? And it, and you could see it's got. Can you see the white stain on it right there in the middle? This just goes yeah. into a laundry machine with forty other pieces of clothing, and that is, I think, a sustainable way of of uh, keeping the clothing. In the in the in the system, right? Yeah. I have, I have never done the calculation. What is the cost analysis, or you know, the electricity that we consume, detergent we put in there? But I think for like 30, 40 pieces of clothing that you could shove in the washing machine, it just needs a light wash, and it can go right back out onto the market and be used as clothing again. This is the easiest yeah. thing to do, and and a lot of clothing comes in like this, and we have yeah. now we we have now put a. a uh, a washing machine in our warehouse where we are experimenting more and more with this to, yeah. to see, I'm sorry to, to you know to see how it comes out right it's also right. like we pick out some pieces like in when you sort clothing you, you go through it fairly quickly because there's so much of it uh we, we I think we're sorting 120,000 pounds a month Right, so you you have to. It's a it's a pretty fast process. So sometimes you pick out something that has an oil stain on it, from uh, from uh, I don't know some kind of a cheese prosciutto plate that's not right. going to wash out. Right, and you're going to get that back in your in your in your washing machine. 
Another right. example of uh, of clothes that can be fixed is uh, these uh, pleather. I call it pleather pants. Yeah. Right? This is not real leather. This is some kind of man-made material. And it just has some kind of, uh, also just something dry on it. Where you could just wipe it. This is also a fix. It doesn't need to go in the washing machine. You just, you know, right. when we sort, we have uh, 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 a wet wet uh, towel or a wet rag. You just wipe it and it's, it's good to go again. Mm -hmm. okay. So you would, I'm sorry, let me just finish this sentence. Uh, you guys were, uh, uh, when you contacted me, right, in, in the in the premise of this conversation was, is this scalable, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I I am, and I also think about this a lot because yeah, you could fix every individual piece, but is it scalable, right? Yeah. So I only want to concentrate on items in our in our organization that are scalable that you could do in in, uh, in large numbers, right? Mm -hmm. And from that, I think eventually will be born other ideas that you could do smaller things. All right, yeah. I'm ready for your question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, rapid fire, go. <laughs> no, I lost mine. What's oh yours? well, my first question was: so of the stuff that comes in that needs to be washed, what what percentage of that stuff? Like, how much do you think that is? Is it like of the things? that you accept that potentially could be resold is it like 25 percent just need a washing and then the rest of it is is cannot be clean be recycled or we have we have recently started this and i don't have a lot of numbers on it because we're still it's still an experimental stage but there's a yeah. lot there's a lot yeah. of clothes that just needs to be washed and i i don't know i don't have a number on it but yeah, it, it yeah. would it would yeah. definitely improve the reuse market right awesome. for the schools so, right i'm curious why did you start doing this you yeah. said you recently started you recently started oh, the, with the, the reuse yeah yeah so you know because we want to keep all of this material out of the landfills it, 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 we don't we don't do any retail of the schools right but the, some of our for profit for-profit partners who do retail if they see something that's dirty they're not going to wash it it's already going right. for them for recycling and it's not gonna it's not gonna get the same value for them mm -hmm. as it would if it was a clean piece of clothing mm -hmm. right right so uh and, and a lot of our uh we try to work as locally as possible so a lot of our partners have thrift stores right mm -hmm. here in our uh east coast area right mm -hmm. and and this will this is fashionable items, right? They, mm -hmm. They're gonna go right back on the shelf. But if they see right. them, they're dirty. It's for the industry, it's not a standard to wash. It's very few right. people who have right. washing machines. It's not a standard, right? right? So so we try to as much because listen, yes, we can send this piece to 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 make insulation out of it. But what if we give it another two years in somebody's closet and then right. it'll go? You're right. preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah. No. My question was: My understanding is you've been in this business a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. A decade. A little over a decade. Right. And but when you started this uh, washing and cleaning process, how recently? Very recently, maybe six months. Okay. So I'm making an assumption. You tell me if I'm right that you started to see the opportunity of the resale market becoming bigger and people's, uh, you know, people being more open to resale and potentially also like more profit for you to be able to do a simple process to the, you know, to some clothes and then be able to sell them at a higher price. Is that why you started? Yeah, that is that is correct, and also to try to extend the life of this material. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 
so and I, I got more examples if you want of different stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, it so look. It. Yeah. So so look. Then I got because, like I said, like you guys said, that it has to be a scaled business, right? Because mm -hmm. you can't fix one piece individually. So then I got this dress. This is by uh, Remy Brooke, and it's a beautiful dress. It's also made out of some kind of synthetic material, mm -hmm. and this is the front of it. And mm -hmm. in the front of it is is a little. This it's pulled. I'm gonna try to. Mm -hmm. Can you see this? Okay. So, oh, yeah. Right, okay. right here, right here on the bottom. Okay. It's it's a, it's a little right here and right here. Yeah. It's a little white spot, and this is like in the center of your front. Yeah. Right. right. So you you can't wear this, and this is not fixable, unfortunately, mm -hmm. unless you take put a marker to it, the same color. Nobody will right. ever know. <laughs> but Good again, idea. that's an individualized situation, and uh, and it's not. I don't think it's scalable. I don't know how to scale. Well, I guess that's why what Cynthia was saying. I think you're you're probably thinking of invisible mending. So like to stitch it so that you can't see that there were any imperfections. But right. to that point, you're right. That might like that is probably a hard fix, if at all, because these materials are just not a, they're not suitable for for certain type of fixing, depending where it is, right? right? It's yes, a seam. Depending where it is. But for something like that, so you know. I guess our question, one of the things we're, we're thinking about is how do you pull those aside and partner with someone who could potentially have a collection of visible mending? Uh, you know, like how, how much extra effort is this in your system right now to pull those aside and potentially have that as a stream of things you've noticed that couldn't be mended like the marker yeah. you talked about, like you could, you could, right? Someone might be willing yeah. to wear that. Probably us, and probably other people. That are <laughs> um, okay, so um, I I don't know of any people who do that visual mending, and maybe you do, but visual mending, I would imagine, is it's so many different varieties of it, right? Mm -hmm. Is this yeah. is just marker? Is just one example. If if some person has a whole set, because to pull one dress for somebody is totally like it's right, it's a waste right. of time, right? So they need to have a whole lab of different visual fixes. Yeah. Um, sewing sewing is very complicated too because everything is different color. So for every garment, you got to change the string, and that's also right. very time consuming. And and you, garments could have one garment could have many different colors. Right, so yeah. you know, right. So yeah. if there is a if there is a, a company or a person out there that has a whole lab in their house, how productive? I mean, they could do it as a hobby, but to scale it as a business, I, I don't. I can't. I can't figure it out. Like with the time it takes to fix this, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. And if that same and on that dress, if that same uh, little discoloration was on the back of it, it's not even important because a woman right. wears that. She throws her hair over it. Can't tell. Right. You right. don't know. You're not looking at the back of the dress anyway. You're looking. You're right. looking when you're talking to somebody. You're looking at the at their face, right. right? So it's just it's unfortunate that that piece of. So now it becomes easier to just throw it into recycling. Right. right. I totally hear that. I think what I'm what I'm actually imagining is that we're heading kind of more towards a place of reuse and resale and repair and recycling where 
there is going to continue to be more and more attention paid to yeah. getting value out of the garments that are being wasted. And I think it's the same reason yeah. you started cleaning yeah. the garments yeah. because you, you see a new opportunity, right? There's, and I there's think definitely value in those garments, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's, that's what I'm actually really excited about. And I think we're, I mean, yeah. some repair vendors have started to kind of crop up. Um, and we'll put notes of who they are in in this shows, um, like you know, on our website notes. But um, yeah. I think we're starting to see both invisible and visible repair vendors kind of come more to the forefront. And yeah. um, I think there's a big opportunity there. So I'm I'm really interested in that. Um, yeah. What else did we want to ask? Um, yeah, I think that like because I think also, you know, I think this is something Cynthia and I have talked about. But in terms of like the clothes that you get, right? Some of them are if it's if it's a very trendy piece at the moment i think that or kind of like the jacket right that that's trendy at the moment that no matter what it might like what am i trying to say it's going to have value even if it is repaired so you know i think you may even have more value if it's repaired correct it might exactly yeah. like a, sometimes those carhartt jackets that have been repaired have come you know they resell for twice as much as their original price point right of mm -hmm. or, or something like that they, mm -hmm. there are a lot mm -hmm. that are kind of you know mixed mm -hmm. um repairs on there mm -hmm. so i guess you know the um oh i lost where i was going but, but i think all, they also point. have to be they also have to be wanted right that has to be the phase right, right, that right, we're in. Right. like like the ripped jeans like you know the jeans right. are so ripped and the, the, you rip your jeans you're better off than you're wearing jeans that are not ripped yeah <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. So I think that that's okay. Now, now I'm thinking back. So the clothes that are on trend, even though they have, you know, damage to them, that and they're maybe not they're hot and maybe it's not these are not the Carhartts that are in there that we're talking about. They're they're you know maybe they're fast fashion or something. But if it has a trend and it looks good enough, maybe that could provide the value when it's repaired. So that's kind of my thinking: is how do we and it can we do that so like if i don't know would that provide the value that you saw from washing your clothes the clothes can you do another you know now that you think about it start noticing that and seeing you know if that damaged jacket was fixed would that have a higher price point and be worth it and then kind of clocking how many of those have gone through your next you know sorting process but can you adjust your process? Yeah. I think if it was fixed by us, it would not have a higher resale value, probably a lower resale value. But yeah. if it, it was fixed by a, 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 a somebody who is a designer or somebody mm -hmm. who has a, a better vision in clothing, yeah. that then yeah. it may have a, a better a, a better uh, uh, resale resale value. Uh, yes. Yeah. So so to say that. Because we are not we are not known for that. We are not known for design. We're known for right. taking the skulls out of landfill. Uh, right. So for us to fix it is probably yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah, not, absolutely. Yeah. It's not I think probably like to paraphrase back, I think what I'm hearing is so so in terms of in terms of resale, you are starting to see more of a opportunity in the stream of textiles that you get, post-consumer textiles that you get you're starting to see opportunities where if you wash something or if you wipe something, 
that you can actually um, turn that back around and resell it for more value to your business. And then it sounds like there is a whole category of clothes that have small damages in obvious places that are currently going to recycling. And we're saying we yeah. think that there is a huge market opportunity for businesses to do both invisible and visible mending, not that the textile sorters would do that, but that there should be vendors that you would pass that product off yeah. to. And it's, you know, it's fairly worthless to you because it's it would go straight to the, the textile you recycler. Know, and I was thinking about this today, right, before our uh, call, the shoes. The shoes, you go to the shoemaker and he yeah. fixes them for you. And yeah. now the shoes that you paid $40 more plus 25 to get them fixed, resold, or whatever you did are still your shoes and you keep on wearing them i i don't know if you could do the same with clothing because clothing is like it's looked at differently you can't wear it but it could go back on the market yeah right. it could certainly yeah. go back on the market the shoes yeah. people keep they don't re that's exactly what we're thinking and how do we change it so that people look at their clothes the same way they're looking at that shoe i, that I think it, i think yeah i think it just has to go to the shoemaker the shoemaker is not so busy with fixing shoes Right, so all of those businesses can maybe take another another step and say yeah. we not only fix shoes now we now we now we're going to fix uh, dresses or the same thing with the dry cleaners right because right. they do right. all right. kinds of sewing yeah. Right. Yeah. but I don't notice too much sewing that needs to be like actually fast fashion clothing is very it's made good in terms of technically like it doesn't mm -hmm. split it will rip if you if you pull on something you know you catch a nail somewhere it's going to mm -hmm. rip but. Mm -hmm. In terms of it's made, and not material quality, but the where it's stitched, yeah. it's right. all right. it's all stitched right. pretty right. good. Yeah, it's I've strong. noticed the same. I've noticed the same. Um, I think I'm probably gonna wrap us up because yeah. it's just about time, and I think we've ha I think we've gotten to like the meat of what we wanted to get to. So I want to thank you, sir. I'm sure you do. You could send them our way. I'll fix them. Yeah. Um, no, we're really, we're really grateful for your time and apologies yeah. for the technical difficulties no, at the no beginning. Um, and if, you know, for our listeners, um, you know, if you want to sign up or, or listen, you can go on my website on Multivolte, which we'll put in the show notes. Um, but we really, we really thank you, Serge. And yes. we will also put a link out to, um, to your business. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to have any of the listeners hear about you and your business? Well, I would just say that everybody should keep an open mind of where their clothing can go next. Not the trash bin, but where it can go next. And and, and uh, textile recycling has to be convenient. So whatever textile recycling option you have around you, you should use it. Yeah. Well said. That's great. Yeah. Well, and good end note. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Take care. Okay. Bye. 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 Okay, so that was our conversation with Serge. Uh, I I really enjoyed it and loved hearing his perspective. And Laura, I'm curious, you know, that was a few days ago. Like, what is there anything you're still sitting with or any insights that came to you from that conversation? I am still sitting with the fact that he saw the value and um and you know success too, I guess, of um washing the clothes. So he saw that there weren't some of these clothes that were coming in just had minor, you know, stuff on the top, right? Just some, some crumbs on there or whatever. And he decided <laughs> or whatever it was on there and he figured that maybe a simple washing was all it took. And he, and that was, and then it was true. So I see 
you know, that has been sitting with me because if he saw the value in that, that means that we could, you could keep doing more that mm-hmm. maybe it was kind of a, a you know, real innovation in a, a real innovative, you know, concept there. I mean, yeah, he saw I, a lot of stuff. Yeah. I totally agree. That was my same insight. And it kind of reminds me of um, somebody else in this space. Her name's Lisa Goldson and she's she's working on like a hyper local, like taking, you know, clothes from her local community and sorting them mm-hmm. and swapping them and reselling them. But she said her, like for her, the number one thing that she feels like is a barrier to reusing clothes is just that they're not clean. Yeah. And yeah. that's such a simple process or, you know, like if you, if you embed it into your process, that can become a very simple part of your system. And like, like you said, Serge saw the opportunity. So it's a financial opportunity. And, you know, I know he believes in, in having these things be used as long as possible, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, we do what we think is going to help our business. And so I think I had, yeah, I had the same kind of takeaway of like, I'm surprised that he's been in the business for a decade, but it was six months ago that he started doing this, but like I'm excited that he did. And I also thought it was really interesting when he talked about, he's like, well, I'm not going to, like, it's too expensive to have a studio full of machines and one-off repairs. And I'm like, he's actually describing exactly yeah. the business opportunity I think exists, yeah. but he's exactly. like, it's not, it's not something he wants to do, which is fine. It's a different type of person, a different type of business, but yeah. that's the business that I think is the opportunity um, where yeah. you do have a repair studio that you can take all of those slightly damaged um, high quality items and say, okay, all the business shirts are going to have these types of repairs and all of the dresses will have these types. And it is way more of a creative process and you have to have like, yeah. a, like a repair menu and all. And that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about next week with our friend. I'll let it be a surprise who it's going to be, but that's going to be a fun conversation. So, um, so yeah, there, was there anything else you wanted to add or shall we sign off? Let's sign off. I think that I, I guess, well, yeah, we can sign off, but it, it, it's exciting to see small, small progress and small things happen kind of organically. So that was also exciting, but um, we'll, we'll hear more next week too. And we can keep diving into this. Yeah. I would actually add, I would just add to that. Like, I think that the, the sorting system in the United States uh, is, has kind of operates in the way that is a very like capitalist, like affluent way. Hear me out on this. Um, Like I was, I've been talking with somebody in Pakistan and how they sort all all of this, all of the stuff that the post-consumer textiles that come from the U S and other kind of like, you know, first world countries. And that um, all these, there's like 300 sorting houses in Karachi, Pakistan, and that they sort they sort for value in a way that we do not sort for value here. I think because we have so much stuff and we have like such a shopping addiction that there's just so much stuff flowing through the system that, and it's so easy to buy new stuff. And I don't know, I just, I'm kind of, it's, I'm struck by the different way that our American sorting system is working um, and what they're sorting for, as opposed to how other countries who are receiving a lot of these post-consumer textile kind of, you know, quote unquote waste, like how yeah. they're sorting for value. And I think it's quite different. So yes, yeah. maybe that's a conversation for another, another time. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm going to sign us off, you know, thank you for sticking with us through those super fun technical difficulties. I'll tell you, it was very frustrating for us, but we figure like, you know, this is our first real podcast with a guest and everybody, you know, has to go through their little issues to get to 
to get to amazing. So progress over perfection on this one. I hope you enjoyed. And um, if you want to sign up to learn more, learn about our podcast as we release them, you can go to my website, multivolte.com. And we will also put, you know, a link to our, our little show notes website on Notion. So you can see, you know, what we talked about or any of the links that we mentioned. So we look forward to here. Well, you can look forward to hearing from us again soon. (laughs) We look forward to hearing from you with anything that you want to share. And that is it for this episode. Bye. Everybody.